Welcome to the Dewhawk Digest, the podcast for all things Loris College. Loris has received reaccreditation from the Higher Learning Commission. In this episode, we explain exactly what that means. I'm Robert Waterbury, Assistant Director of Campus Communications, and I'm pleased to welcome Dr. Sarah Glover, Associate Dean of Instruction and Assessment. Sarah, welcome to the Dewhawk Digest. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so glad you can come in and kind of walk me through this because as I mentioned at the beginning, Higher Learning Commission, or the HLC as it's known, approved Loris for reaccreditation. I have so many questions, but <laughs> <laughs> let's start right at the top. What is the Higher Learning Commission? Sure. The, the Higher Learning Commission is one of um, six regional accreditors um, that are authorized by the U.S. Department of Education. Uh, their primary role is really for oversight related to the quality of higher education programs, policies, services, all of those types of things. They use a system of peer review where uh, administrators, faculty, and staff from other institutions come together to provide a critical evaluation of an institution and its quality um, and the quality of its programs and services. So the Higher Learning Commission that provides the, the approval or the accreditation for Loris College, is that nationwide or is it segmented just to a different a specific region? Yeah, so the Higher Learning Commission is the regional accreditor for what they call the North Central Region, which is 19 states towards the north and the center of the country, as you might guess. Um, and again, they, they have uh, institutions in 19 different states that they're responsible for accreditation for. Okay, so they got a full plate as it is. They so, do yeah. indeed. <laughs> so knowing that so what is the what's the accreditation process all about and what what's really the significance of receiving that accreditation yeah so so i like to think that probably the easiest way to think about accreditation is to think of it as the quality assurance piece of of higher education um and just like any traditional business wants to make sure that their product is of quality um, in higher education. We want to make sure that the education that we're providing to students is of the utmost quality and integrity. Um, and so that's the role of accreditation is to evaluate that. Um, specifically, the piece that that's really critical for students is that being an accredited institution enables Loris to provide its students with access to federal financial aid dollars. Um, without accreditation, we would not be, um, our students would not be eligible for, for some of that funding. Um, it also ensures that um, students are able to transfer their credits. Um, we accept credits from regionally accredited institutions and other institutions accept our credits as well, so it makes that transfer process for students a bit more seamless. Um, ultimately, it just sort of communicates to the world uh, that we have met these standards of quality and that, that we can say that the Loris Institution and the Loris brand is, is, is of the utmost quality. So really, this is a college you can be proud to send your kids to, or as a student, you can be proud to, to attend and know that you're going to get a quality education. Absolutely. Okay. So what's in, in our part? So we, obviously, we, we were, we've been accredited, and this was just the process of getting that reaccreditation. Uh, what is, what's so important about receiving that reaccreditation for Loris itself? So, so again, receiving the, the, the reaffirmation of accreditation, again, it gives us the opportunity to stand up and announce with pride, again, that we are a quality institution. Of this particular round, we were especially excited. Um, as, as you go through the process, the reaccreditation itself is for another 10 years. Um, so we are accredited through the 20. 
29, 20, 30 academic year. Um, the accreditors evaluate us on, on five different categories. Each of those categories has subcategories and sub-subcategories. So there's a lot of different things that they're looking at. Um, a lot of times when institutions are accredited, one of those little components might come out of the review um, and be noted as met with concerns, which means you're doing a good job, but there's a little bit more work to do. Um, and often when that happens, the the result of that is that after the accreditation visit, um, institutions are required to submit follow-up reports or potentially have a second visit where reviewers come back to look again to check on your progress and see how those things are going. Um, in our most recent review, we did not have any of those. Um, we were denoted as met in all of the criteria. Um, so other than the standard reporting processes that are associated with our accreditation, we don't have to do any initial follow-up or um, any additional steps uh, for that accreditation, which is which is really nice and is really a testament, I think, to the Loris community, not just in terms of um, the preparation we did in these last few years to get ready, but recognizing that the accreditation visit itself looks at the last 10 years of, the, of, of Loris um, and that we have maintained this consistent commitment to our mission and to the quality of our experience across that time. And so that's really exciting. Yeah, so basically they look at it and say, you guys are doing so good, we're just going to leave you alone for 10 years. <laughs> If only it was that <laughs> simple, but pretty, pretty, pretty close. Again, we um, all, always there are annual reports that you submit that right. are, you know, relatively painless to mm -hmm. do, and um, that'll be great. That that's all we have to worry about for the next little bit. Okay, so let's dig into the fun part of it, which is the whole process. Is this, you know, to put in a very simple word, it's it is a process to go through. Uh, and you, of course, were shoulder deep in all of it. So take me back a little bit through. So, I mean, this has been going on for you've been preparing this for a couple of years to, to get to this point. Um, so kind of let's start about from that beginning of that process. Um, what what went on behind the scenes to, to pull this off? Sure. So we we really began the process for this recreditation in earnest in spring of 2016. Um, that's when we formed the initial HLC reaccreditation steering committee. Um, included myself as chair. Um, other members of the committee include Dr. Chris Budzitz, um, Dr. Kate McCarthy Gilmore, Dr. Brad Cavanaugh, and Dr. Rob Keller from the faculty, and then also um, the director of institutional research, Dr. Chris Fight, um, to help pull together all the all the data for us. Um, so we formed initially in spring of, of 2016 and began meeting regularly. Um, each of the individuals on that committee became a chair of a subcommittee with subcommittees with more members of folks than I could possibly name in, in one session. Um, and our first task was really to begin gathering the information about how we meet the criteria that the HLC lays out. Again, there's five criteria related to mission and teaching and learning, institutional finances, planning, every aspect of the of the college you can think of there, they're taking a look at. Um, and so our first task was to begin to think about how can we tell our story of these criteria. Um, and HLC requires that we submit what they call an assurance argument, uh, which is basically a narrative. They limit us to 35,000 words, which sounds like a lot at first, and then becomes, <laughs> holy cow, I better be a little more precise in my language to make sure we can fit it all in, because 
we've got a lot of story to tell. We've mm -hmm. got a lot of good information. Um, and so the, the committee's first task was to begin drafting that. Um, and they went out with their subcommittees and gathered some evidence and wrote drafts. They came, we came back. We revised. We sent out for more feedback. We revised. We sent out for more feedback. Um, again, over the course of three years, just continually working to try to capture every little piece. Um, and then where we noticed things, hey, this we can do this a little bit better even before the visit, making some minor adjustments or, hey, this policy hasn't been updated in a while. Um, let's make sure that the dean knows about that so we can get that updated. Uh, so behind the scenes was a lot of digging, a lot of asking questions, again, trying to think about what, what has been the Laura story for the last 10 years and what are the pieces of that that we can pull out that will, that will really align well with the criteria and demonstrate that, that we've met those criteria. Um, oh, just to, to jump in real quick. So you, you mentioned, so as you're going along and you're mentioned, you, you find some things, well, maybe we should bring this up to the dean or we should make tweaks. Are those, those tweaks that you look at and like, well, we need to make sure that we line up with the, with the, the criteria or is it, yeah, we're doing really well, but you know what, we're just identifying things as we go along. You know, we can improve this just for the sake of making Loris better in and of itself and not tied to the accreditation. Oh, a little bit of, a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. um, again, some of the things Again, we never came across anything that we were like, wow, this is this is so concerning. We're we're in a bad position. But it might be that there's a federal regulation that requires we post data on the Internet in this specific way. And we were doing it in a slightly different way. And so it was, OK, let's just redo this table and then it's easier for everyone. Or it's also a process, again, I, I view all of accreditation as an opportunity because it really is a chance for us to stop and look back and say, gosh, what have we been doing? What's worked well? Where can we improve? And of course, we're doing all of this at the same time that we're adopting a new general education curriculum. And so sort of integrating those two and trying to make sense of, okay, why are we doing this? And being able to explain and articulate, hey, here's why this was important to us as an institution and why it's going to contribute to our quality going forward. So there was, there was a lot of sort of that unique sort of blending of different processes happening at the same time that I think helped to enrich our argument and helped also to, to, to help us to, to see more clearly some of the things that we are knee deep in mm -hmm. and you often don't see the forest for the trees and hey we've really done a lot of cool stuff but yeah. we've just kind of had our heads down and been plowing through it and now you look up for a second and wow this this is really great all the all the cool things we've accomplished yeah it's just kind of take that time to to acknowledge every, all the hard work that's been going on that absolutely you just take for granted as you're plowing like I said as, plowing forward absolutely yeah. yeah so in addition to the committee you mentioned people across campus have been working on this. This is not, yeah, obviously the steering committee is, is critical to this, but it's not without the feedback from from faculty. Yeah. Uh, what, what was that process like to, obviously there's a lot of, here's this, give us your feedback. Uh, what kind of response were you getting from the, from the faculty as you're kind of saying, hey, go look at yourself, see what you're doing and tell us what we can do, you know, and make sure that we're on task here. Well, and actually some of the, some of the first things that we did were really, as a, as a committee, we just sort of wanted to take an inventory. Um, because in addition to, to writing this narrative that tells our story, we also had to provide evidence to support it. It's not enough to say it. We've got to be able to show it. So we initially went out to, to different groups with, you know, these are the criterias. What are some things that, that we can use to show that we are meeting this? And it, 
everything from here's a copy of a policy that we have in place to here are some examples of student work from our legacy symposium that show how they are really diving deep into research topics, those kinds of things. And initially the challenge was, well, we have a lot of things that we could talk about and it's, it's trying to find and sort of pick and choose um, examples that, you know, ac across the full spectrum of the argument reflect the full spectrum of the institution. So some things that are happening curricularly, some things that are happening co-curricularly, and oh, athletics are a big part of this, and here's what our service trips are doing, and here's what spiritual life has going on. And I mean, just capturing all of these different elements. And I, I think the most challenging part really was trying to narrow it down because so many good things are happening that are consistent with the kinds of things that the criteria are looking for. Sure, and so once the actual review process starts. Uh, and of course, you know, 2020 being, being the year that it was, it was, is, you know, added complex, com complexity to it. But so once it starts, once HLC steps in, their peer review group reaches out to you, what happens? Yeah. So in a, in a normal year, um, we submit our insurance, our assurance argument. There's an electronic system that we do that, that makes it accessible to our peer reviewers. Um, and then they reach out to us after they've read it and they say, here are some folks on your campus we'd like to meet with to talk a little bit more. Again, their primary role is sort of to, to verify what it is that we've written about um, to make sure that, you know, we're accurate. Mm -hmm. Or to find if they don't think the evidence we provided was particularly strong, maybe they want to investigate a stronger piece of evidence. And so they send us some information typically. They meet with students, they meet with your board of regents, they meet with groups of faculty, staff, various committees, um, and they're on campus for about two and a half days, touring facilities, engaging with the community. Um, and so we began, we submit, sorry, we submitted our assurance argument in late February and began preparing. Uh, Colleen Fitzpatrick, our executive assistant up in academic affairs, worked diligently to create a schedule of meetings and who was going to escort each reviewer. There were supposed to be five reviewers who came. Uh, and then, of course, COVID. <laughs> um, and we actually got word, it was about a week and a half before the visit was scheduled in March. Um, that they were going to do all of the visits virtually instead of on campus. Uh, so there was a flurry of activity behind the scenes of should we use Teams? Should we use Zoom? How does it work? How do we get everybody? How do we coordinate five different people in four different meetings at the same time? Um, and so it was a little bit chaotic behind the scenes. Cannot lie about that. But, but ultimately, we we pulled it off. It was fabulous. We had, again, more than 100 members of the community participated in a Zoom session over the course of a couple of days. Um, the peer reviewers commented on what an engaged community we had, the kinds of folks that were engaged, that it was a, a good spectrum of representation across campus. Um, it, it really went, it really went great. Um, and so we walked away from that feeling great, ready to go. Um, but of course, the Department of Education said, we're so glad you were able to do that virtually, but we still need to have someone come to campus. <laughs> um, and so we had to have, we had to wait a little bit until October. Um, in October, one member of our peer review team was able to physically come to campus, um, which was great because at that point, she actually was able to have a Zoom. Actually, we did it hybrid. There was one other member who was coming in virtually. Um, she was able to meet with students who 
for the March visit, they had just left campus That's and true. they were away and trying to figure out how to do distance learning uh, that they hadn't done. Um, so it was really great that she was able to come back and, and, and really affirm all of the things that, uh, that they learned over Zoom. Um, and after that, it was uh, a little while, they, they sent us a report that said, uh, yep, everything looks great. Um, uh, that goes to a, a committee within the Higher Learning Commission itself who actually does read through all of our materials uh, just to make sure that the, the peer reviewers didn't miss anything. Uh, but ultimately in December, we received word that they had reaffirmed our accreditation, um, that we were met in all of the criteria and didn't have to do any follow-up. Um, and so we're pretty excited about that. Yeah, and there was much celebrating. There was much <laughs> celebrating, although probably a little more subdued because sure. of all things COVID. <laughs> right. Well, and, and think about that now, just as, as you think about that, that week and a half stretch, like, okay, what is Zoom? What are team? What is Teams? How do, what do we do with this? A year later, not quite a year later, but a year later, like, oh, yeah, we'll just do that through Zoom. We'll just do that through Teams. So what a difference, you know. 10 months makes, right? Absolutely. And, and I will confess, prior to the that week and a half preparing for the, I'd never heard of a breakout room <laughs> or I didn't have a Zoom account at that point. So we learned, we learned in a hurry how to, how to, how to make that work. And it, it worked great. Well, and, and you mentioned the, the peer review group, who, who makes up peer, I mean, what makes them appear in terms of the peer review, is it from other colleges or universities that are that are kind of reviewing it? And yeah. So the 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 peer core, which is what all of the individuals that work with the HLC um, are called, um, is made up of individuals that again are their faculty, staff, or administrators at other institutions. Uh, so some of the folks who visited us were faculty members, some were administrators, um, but they're all from other institutions that are accredited by the HLC. Um, so really, it's a it's it's a mentality of they're they're just like us, so they get it. Mm -hmm. um, HLC actually does a really good job of assigning reviewers to institutions um, that are similar in size and similar in profile so that the folks who are evaluating um, you as an institution really do have an understanding of, of the things about the size and composition of your university that may be distinct from someone else. So, um, for example, the University of Iowa would be accredited by the HLC but they wouldn't send a University of Iowa person to review us at Loris College because our institutions are just so different in terms of the way that they operate and function. Mm -hmm. um, and it would be difficult for that individual to make a fair comparison because things are so different. So the, the reviewers are folks who are, who, who are just like us in terms of um, mostly small, mostly private institutions with student bodies um, in the general range of ours. Mm -hmm. So the accreditation, obviously, we, we mentioned early on that you know, for prospective students, for parents, for current students, it really is a, it's a badge to say that this is a, this is a quality institution. But, you know, listening to you talk about the process, it really seems like to the faculty and to the administration, it really is kind of a, a pat on the back say, look, what you're doing is good. You guys are on the right track and keep it up. You're doing a great job. Oh, it, it absolutely should be. It, I, I hope that our faculty and our staff are here, hear that message loud and clear every time we talk about um, the success of our of reaffirmation. Um, also, our students too, because it's the work that that they put in that allows us to demonstrate how well our faculty are doing. But we really do have an extraordinary community that that just again every day just that commitment to our mission and that commitment to our students and and that commitment to continually improving, not being stagnant. That yes, things are going great. 
what's next for us? How can we take it to the next level? Mm-hmm. Um, and and that just that's just a tremendous reflection on on, on the community and, and and how great everyone is. Yeah. And and of course, we talked a little bit about so moving forward. There's any annual reports to fill out. What are the next steps in this? You know, over the next ten years, obviously we're not you're not going to sit around and wait for the next thing to happen. Like okay, now we restart. <laughs> what what are you, what are your next steps? You know, as you as we move forward in this. So initially, we're going to breathe for a little while. No, um, <laughs> no the, so there are annual reports that we do. It's called the annual update um, that mostly is, is data that's provided by institutional research that verifies uh, different things. Um, we are, right now, the HLC has just adopted, um, beginning on September 1st, they launched a revision to the criteria for accreditation. Um, not a huge one. There's still five criteria, but they've changed the language and, and refined them a little bit. So for us institutionally, one of our first steps is going to be to, to sort of dive into those and see what's different and begin thinking about, again, not what what needs to happen differently because we're already doing all the things that we should do, but just keeping an eye on, okay, how are we going to be able to demonstrate our, our success in that? Um, and so we'll begin to investigate those. Um, there is a midpoint uh, at four years. Uh, we do a little, um, it's not a comprehensive evaluation, but all institutions do a slightly more expanded evaluation just to make sure things are staying on track. So we'll begin thinking about that um, probably relatively soon just to make sure it's not quite as extensive, uh, but it's just nice to stay on top of that and, and, and keep out in front of it. Um, but, but mostly focused on just continuing to do the good work that we're doing. Um, and talking about ways in, in which, you know, we can continue to grow and improve as an institution. Yeah, well, you've, you guys have done a fantastic job, you know, the, the steering committee particularly, but uh, campus-wide, the, the job that everybody has done to, to, to get to this point, to get the, the reaccreditation and, and know that we're, we're good for another 10 years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, well, Sarah, thank you so much for coming in, sitting in and talking to me and explaining the reaccreditation to, to to me so that I get it and hopefully everybody else, you know, who already understands it. And they're like, oh, yeah, you, of course, it, that's what it is. And, yeah. But and, and of course, and I'm going to put you on the spot because um, we, we mentioned a totally different topic that I want to have you come back at some point and talk about, which is the uh, which is the new curriculum, which was introduced last year. Again, something you already know. So I'm <laughs> nothing hard for you. But nothing hard nothing for me. Something fun and exciting to talk <laughs> yes. about. Absolutely. Difficult for me, easy for you. So. <laughs> But thanks again for coming in. No, very glad to do it. Thanks so much for having me. And thank you to Trent Hanselman, our producer extraordinaire. And thank you to everyone who listened into our discussion. For more podcasts, as well as Loris news and features, be sure to visit the Loris Daily website at daily.loris.edu. If you consume your podcasts through iTunes and Spotify, you can find the Duhawk Digest there. So feel free to check it out. We hope you'll join us next time for another Duhawk Digest. And until then, take care of yourselves and each other. And go Duhawks! Hawks.